Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week we are watching Midnight in Paris, because it's turning 10 years old. And it's our first Woody Allen-directed film. I can't believe it's taken more than 200 episodes to get to Woody, but here we are. Uh, So joining me as always, we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not. And our guest who has not seen the film, it's Anna Weir! Hello, good evening. Good evening, Anna. Uh, Welcome to 2021. Happy New Year. (laughs) (laughs) It's May. It it is May. But yeah, it's been a little while since you've been on. So how have you been keeping? Um, I can't remember the last time... I was on, but in keeping with, you know, the whole 2020, 2021 thing, I've been very medium, but I'm working on it. Excellent. And uh, Midnight in Paris. Yes. What What do you know about this film? Nothing. Oh. Literally nothing. Mm-hmm. Apart from the fact I'm probably not going to enjoy it very much. Why do you suspect that? Uh, the director, and from what I remember, the annoyingly large um, age gap between the two main characters. But I could be, I could be making that up. That's just... You've just described films. pretty much all of Adam's oh, just, just films. <laughs> like Woody Allen's films. Yeah. <laughs> just a huge age gap and yeah. directed by Woody Allen. Yeah, that's all of his films. Mm. But yeah. yeah, no, that's it. And Paris, I'm assuming. I mean, yeah, I would presume so. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, Woody Allen, not not necessarily a fan, I'm guessing. I would say no. Mm. No. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's got some personal stuff. Yeah, he does. That... Um, we will probably touch on as we go. Let's. But uh, yeah, for now, the film, not sure, but no. going into it with an open mind. Yeah, I mean, it might be okay. It, it could be, but we'll find out. <laughs> it probably won't be. Yeah. Luckily, though, we have someone who has seen the film and we heard it just before. It's Kate Willoughby. Hello, it's me. It is, Kate. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I had a bit of a um, hecker's day today, but I've, I've had some, uh, some pasta. I've... Uh, Forgot that my kettle was broken and I've made a pot of tea with, um, you know, the, the pod coffee machine mm-hmm. and the hot water goes through. Will it be as good? Probably not. But it was, I was too... it was very innovative, though. I will give you that. It mm. was because I was too ashamed as I was scrubbing my <laughs> pot. <laughs> and I could boil this on a pot. I, it was really, you know. We do what we can. Yep. Mm. And I feel like that's just me today. Um, but I'm good. Excellent. So having MacGyvered some tea and eaten some pasta. MacGyvered some tea, yeah. Um, Midnight in Paris is a film that. I haven't seen either. So in a sort of vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what can we expect from Midnight in Paris? Yeah, um, well, first of all, I actually watched it the year it came out, so I actually haven't seen it in 10 years. I, I watched it my first year of uni, um, and because uh, I was like, ooh, films. Uh, Woody Allen, he's like apparently someone that we should watch. Um, so I would, and I enjoyed it. Mm. I, I I watched it actually, this is showing who I this person I was um I didn't watch it because it was like a Woody Allen film um uh Tom Hiddleston was in it and I went oh that's the guy what? from pardon Tom yeah, Hiddleston Tom Hiddleston I may it. like this film more um mm-hmm. that's why I watched it because I he, he War Horse had just come out I'd seen him in War Horse oh. and then um I, I, I Thor had come out but I really loved him in War Horse um and uh so I thought oh my gosh he's in it he's not in it as much as I would have liked um but uh, pretty much it's a film about um from memory again i refuse to google anything before i came here because mm-hmm. so you listeners can go wow she doesn't f- know this film at all <laughs> um uh, but it's about uh it's got owen um 
Owen Wilson, mm-hmm. Owen Wilson, um, which oh, is okay. interesting. Maybe yeah, Owen I Wilson and, and Tommy Wilson, the next time they're working together is for the Loki TV show, I think. I don't know if they've worked together since. That's a good um, point. Thing. Yeah. Anyway, um, Owen Wilson, I think, is a writer, something vague, you know, because a lot of Woody Allen's films is like, he's a writer because that's what I am. <laughs> and um, from memory, his wife is a bitch. Her. That's um, how women but are. But I think he's a writer in Paris and he's in modern time. And for some reason, with magic, oh. he goes um, back into Paris um, in a certain era. So, because I'm Tom Hiddleston, I won't give like who he plays, but there are some historical figures because obviously Paris um, had a period of time um, during, um, before the war, um, where art and literature and stuff, where, you know, famous writers and artists would sit in cafes. So, it's sort of. Got See, like that. that. Now that story sounds good. That's what actually mm. what made me what Tom Anderson yeah. and, and that storyline. So it's I enjoyed it. I'd be interested what twenty seven year old Kate thinks um, compared to if it was ten years. It'd be seventeen. Yes, yeah, so I was seventeen when I when this when I watched this, or I just turned eighteen, depending mm. on when it came um, out this year. So um, I'd be interested to see what those two people think of this film now that I've watched it. All right, yeah. well, all that being said, shall we watch Midnight in Paris? Let's go to Let's. Paris, baby. Ooh. Ooh. Fancy. <laughs> Let's go to Paris. Yeah. For those of you who are listening at home, pop on those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to buy a lot of books from Shakespeare and Company as we go to Midnight in Paris. Bienvenue au Club de Rattrapage du Cinéma. Je suis votre hôte, Stephen Platt. Et nous venons de terminer regarder Midnight in Paris. <coughs> Sorry, I went a bit strange there. Uh, yes, as I just said, we have finished watching Midnight in Paris. And I'm joined once again by our special guest, Kate Willoughby. Hello. And Anna Weir. Bonjour. Oh, bonjour, mademoiselle. Uh, comment ça va? That is all I have. Ah, well. Non, non, non. <laughs> non, non, non. <laughs> Okay. No, 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 no. Okay, Anna, that was your first time watching Midnight in Paris. It was. What did you think? On the whole, I actually really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, more than I thought I would, actually. Though I realised before I was thinking of a different film. What film were you thinking of? The I don't know the name of it. It's the one that had um, Colin oh. Firth and Emma Stone in it. And it was one of, like, the last... Um, Woody Allen films because that was also quite Paris-y um, wasn't it yeah it was one of the he hadn't done one in a while and this was sort of this sort of came out I think maybe just as a lot of the 20, like a lot 15, of 2016 yeah so like uh, everything about like his family and like the, had sort of come out and then everyone was like it was a love interest and it's Emma Stone and Colin he's in his like 50s, 50s or she 60s. literally could be his child so this would be magic in the moonlight that's it yeah. I knew it was something magical 2014 so yeah. I think that was his last bigger film um, yeah. like sort of what that was a period sort of piece type thing so yes that's um, what I was thinking of right. before I started watching this movie and I enjoyed this movie more than I thought I would yeah yeah I, I as a first time viewer as well I enjoyed it a bit um I, I'm sort of similarly wasn't sure what to expect yeah. from it. I quite liked it, um, but at the same time, it, it is a very Woody Allen film, isn't it, yes, Kate? Yes, it is a very Woody Allen film. For both uh, positive and negative reasons. <laughs> yeah, like in my opinion, I think it's, I think the reason, I, I think it it's the best Woody Allen film in the sense of it is the least 
Woody Allen of the film. It's least, but also less like shittiest about women. Like, and it's still yeah. pretty. Shitty. Like all the mm. women in the film um, are either shrill, like the American, very much like half out of these Americans. But the the women, there's only one scene where there's two women talking, and it's talking about the male protagonist. Yeah, and then all the other Parisian women, they're all beautiful, and they somehow all manage to have time. To help this guy, yeah, like mm. the like, yeah, the the, the, the museum, tour guide. the tour guy. I'm like, this this yeah, woman's got Carla a Bruni job. This woman has a job, but yeah, she sits down and like helps translate this diary. And then you've got the mm. literal muse that's making Just him understand that yeah. to be a muse. And then you got like the 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 only one that wasn't bad was sort of the love in the possible love interest that you see at the end is that sense of mm. they had that spark. But even then, she was just overtly nice to this American. Look. Tourist guy, but you know what? You could go off chemistry. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Cole, Cole Porter music was playing. She runs an old antique shop. His book is about antiques. They he's clear- been a little bit charming yeah. when he's been in her shop. So mm. it was a bit of a zing moment. But yeah. it re- all of the women characters are sort of, they're there to, they're not really dimensional. But a lot of his characters and most of his work mm. are, are not very fully written anyway. So mm. anyway, sorry. No, that's true. And I think, you know, obviously because it is a film, all the, what is it, four? Four main women? Yeah, there's a lot more than he... Than, yeah. yeah. But they're all, like, you know, devastatingly, waifishly thin and beautiful. And you're like, okay. Oh, well. I think... I think. I mean, that's just how films work. It is how film works. And, you know, there are a couple of, uh, of I would say, uh, ladies don't fit that stereotype. I mean, Kathy there's, Bates there's Kathy there. Bates in this film, who is, is great. Bates. But she again, was, She was very good. But, but she's not playing a... Uh, she's not playing a female character that fits into that sort of lead role where yeah. where a lot of the the leading women in this in this film are very much they're all that stereotypical yeah. Yeah. film which is, lady which is interesting because like obviously the character that she's playing she's the one that's reading his book mm. like she's the one that's actually giving him notes and he listens and to her he, and he listens her to her advice. so if anything if like it would have been more interesting to see him interacting with her and her world but the only reason mm-hmm. they didn't do that is because you know stein was around that age at that time not meant to she's not meant to be a love interest so instead instead of the movie focusing on him like i think it would have been interesting to see that dynamic of being in More her of like world the mental relationship of that mental where... relationship and maybe there were mm. some extra scenes but i think that could have been more that could have been interesting um yeah that would have been a good dynamic you to know see. um but i they didn't really do that instead the muse character had to be this beautiful woman i do like that she got her own thing in the end and yes, how she I'm was just like very pleased with her she ending. was just like no nah, i'm gonna stay here bye like and she was like goodbye like, yeah you it, know it fades into the mist of time yeah i i think that the way that this story is set up is it is pretty good i mean mm. you, you've got um uh gil panda who's this um writer who's i think it's interesting that he's not a failed writer he is a writer who is very uncertain about himself which yeah, he's is a disillusioned writer. yeah very much disillusioned and you know he owen wilson is playing the woody allen stand in it's yes. very painfully obvious but but i think that it works with with owen wilson in the role yeah I, he was a good fit for that part yeah yeah i think if yeah if woody allen was in this film even if this film was like earlier i would mm. oh, it would just be excruciating yeah the worst to watch but uh, yeah, Gil Pender, he's he's, he's, he's <laughs> in France with his um, fiance. fiance Inez and, and her parents and her parents, um, including the angel from Supernatural, as yeah. Kate pointed out when when John turned up, and they're 
Inez and Gil don't have a great relationship, and no. it just no. doesn't improve at any point in this film. No. Um, it's not helped with the appearance of Inez's college friend? College professor. So it really oh. establishes this kind of... Older, wiser man thing. Yeah, like they really just establish that the relationship's not great, but she's the worst. And it's one of those yeah. things where it's, instantly she's the worst. It's okay that she's the worst because then it means that when he goes off and abandons her and 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 makes out with this woman, it's okay because she's terrible too. And they really try to establish this family as like, here are these Americans in Paris and they're just, they'd rather be in America. Like, mm. you know, they're so uncultured. It's sort of like the... Yeah, it's interesting. But they're like the kind they of they're the kind other. of family who'll spend twenty thousand dollars on a pair of chairs to take back to their Malibu mansion to say, "Oh, we bought these in Paris," mm. but they don't enjoy anything else about Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that, to be honest, like Rachel McAdams and and all the other actors in that family, really nailed that sort of that type of person which um I, I think woody allen does quite a good job of ribbing on throughout his films oh, he's probably met a lot of those people <laughs> yeah. he works or worked or in whatever he was hollywood. in hollywood yeah he was in hollywood you would see that a hundred percent all of the time yeah and i think i think that's you know something that we can sort of get behind and makes us sympathize with gill's viewpoint which is not that he mm. he, he has other things which are an issue but but it's not this sort of uh, lack of wanting to be partaking in another culture. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is kind of, it's an interesting way to position it. And yeah, Gil and Inez are not particularly getting along. Uh, Inez has got bloody Michael Sheen there. Bloody uh, hello, looking... looking With his American yeah, accent. With his American yeah. accent and his beard. It was, just, nice. it was a nice beard. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a strangely good-looking man, Michael Sheen. Yeah. He's not strangely good-looking. He is good-looking. No, but... But, but, but he's got the features that you would go... Is he? And then you look at him and go, yeah. he is. Yeah. And then it's his personality. That's, that's yeah, it's in the I eyes. That's his what, eyes. Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen's the guy that when he's got like an attractive, when he's had his first wife, I forgot her name, but she's Kate uh, Beckinsale. Uh, Kate Be- like people would go, wait, I'm sorry, your wife was, was you Kate. Kate, and Beckinsale. then you meet his other wife, which there's a huge age gap. Um, yeah, but as long as they're happy, um, mm. and as long as they're happy, so that's yeah. good. But my first instinct is always like. Oh, okay. But it's one of those things where you go, really? But I think it's just, I think it's just one of those things where they're like, yeah, like you wouldn't think so. But then like you're in his zone. And he seems he... in real life from the interviews and stuff. This is now just a podcast about Michael Sheen. Hey, I'm fine with where this is going. He's gone. got like but to be cheeky. Like very, yeah, and very quite charming and sort of like self-assured. And that kind of thing can make up, a, up for quite a lot. He might be a really nice person. Yeah. And that he seems to be. And that I think is, you know, probably quite important. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, he's. It's interesting though, because in most things that you see Michael Sheen in, you usually like him. I did, yeah, he was a slimy. Yeah, he did such a good job of being that pretentious oh, asshole that was like, and, and, and like, yeah. and trying to say, like, trying to tell the tour guide that she was wrong, and she's like, "Are you trying to tell me that I'm like I know?" Actually, it. I think you're mistaken. No, that that was his uh, mistress, not his wife. And she's like, no, bitch, I know where I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, he was superb. Um, uh, anyway, so they're in this very just... Gil's surrounded by a bunch of people that aren't that great. And so he's a bit drunk and he's wandering around Paris at midnight. We've all been there. And uh, he, he stops for a little a little breather. And then this car pulls up. But it looks a little bit too old to be a contemporary car. And he gets beckoned into the car and he's given champagne. And he turns up at this party and all of a sudden... 
boy, that guy on the piano looks a lot like Cole Porter. Oh. And he sure is singing a Cole Porter song. Yeah, and oh, there's people called Zelda and Scott. And, Hang on a second. <laughs> and yeah, we have the, the hook is that Owen Wilson has gone back in time mm-hmm. to 1920s Paris. And I don't know how you felt as a first-time viewer, Anna, but I really did not care. There was no explanation as to why this was happening. No, because I too wanted in that moment to go back to 1920s Paris. Mm. So I was like, yes, this is good. Yeah. Mm. And it's done in the magical way. Like it you'll is. literally be transported, like and the I... mist that they have. And, and also the world is, they're just welcoming you. Like, so when you go in the world, no one questions why yeah, you're no there. One goes, why are you wearing clothes that don't fit? No yeah. one. Yeah. So why are you dressed as this? Mr. Bean for the second <laughs> half of this film? Yeah. They're just like, oh, well, welcome. And yeah. same when they go back, back in time, yeah. um, when they inception it. I think that was that the last movie? Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That um, but I think it also works because the mechanism for him getting to the past is the same every time. Yeah. Mm. So it's quite, you're like, oh. It's midnight. It's midnight. He gets in the car. He goes to the past. Easy. Mm. Yeah. All our brains can comprehend that. Yeah. And, and it works because, every time. Yeah. This is not a story about time travel. This is a no. story with it. Yeah, exactly. It's um, just a plot device. Yeah. It's a plot device to allow him to hang out with uh, bloody bloody F. Scott Fitzgerald, played by um, y- your boy Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, with an American accent. There was a lot of like Euro- mm. British European actors <laughs> with like American accents, and then the Americans with he wasn't European. In it much I thought he no no like he was no more. no he was unknown. Like that's what that's I'm saying. A, like no, that's a his good point. movie, yeah. like literally, it was War Horse. It was this film, and, and then, then the Thor one happened to coincide with War at the same because um, Spielberg had only seen him in um he he had watched this like. British, um, like it was one of those like BBC, like we're looking at soldiers as they write diaries and like you oh, see like replay right, acting yeah. and, and he was so played like, one of the soldiers of like and he was like oh he looks cool and yeah. it just so happened that I think Thor and Warhorse were getting filmed at the same time so mm. when right. this one came out he was an un he was an unknown he yeah. worked in theater so, and some yeah. television but. He was just that guy. Thor came out the same year as this film. Yeah. And it's sort of like the same thing that happened to Chris Hemsworth, where, you know, because he was in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. But he's... He was also um, um, uh, the dad in um, in Star Trek 2009. Yeah. He's, oh, he, yes, he, he plays. He, he's just there getting ready to die. And I went, it's the guy from Home and Away. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Like, but, he's really made it big. Yeah. And it's just really interesting that then a couple of months later... He yeah, just exploded. Thor comes out and these two people just love him yeah um probably because as we now know 10 years on they're chris hemsworth and tom hiddleston like people really like what they're throwing out there um but yeah we get a little bit of of tom hiddleston we um as as f scott and we we also get hemingway um appearing in this film who i think was my favorite of the historical figures they kept him just enough Hmm. where if he was on any longer he would would have been so annoying yeah, but very, the, the, the actor that played him they did it just well enough yeah. that he was good who was that I've never seen him in anything that's else. Corey Stoll or Corey Stoll uh, I'm not sure on the pronunciation on that one um, he was in House of Cards for a couple of years um, he was he's done a lot of TV oh, um, okay. he was also in Ant-Man in 2015 he was oh, I have not seen that. Uh, he was the baddie Darren Cross slash Yellow Jacket. Can you show me the, a picture of his face? I can. He's normally bold or what? balding. Oh, so that's probably. Yeah. I recognise that guy. Yeah. Wow, he, he should... did a good job. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's fantastic as Hemingway. Just just he's such a good job. There's not a lot of characters who I'd say are funny in this film. There, there's dialogue that's funny. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's, there's funny moments. There's funny moments, but there's not like a character who is like a, a, a wacky comedy character. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but I feel like Hemingway kind of borders on that in a, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that the last time we see him is him just going, anyone want to fight? And, that's, <laughs> that's, and you're like, that's that's Hemingway's last line yeah. in the whole thing. And, yeah. like, and then he's off to Mount Kilimanjaro on an but, expedition. But there's always that sort of thing that you have with using historical figures like this where we, we know where it ends up. We know for Hemingway it does not end up very well. No. But um, I, I think it's really interesting how films like this that are playing around with historical figures choose to do that. And I, I think this film does a pretty good job of not not messing things up too much no, or and, making you go, they wouldn't have done that. And I think they give Gil the same reaction that most audience members that, you know, like if you found your, magically found yourself in the 20s and they're like, mm. oh, this is Hemingway, you'd be like, oh my God, it's Hemingway. And he does that. Like he mm. has that yeah. sort of appropriate level of reaction. I, like, I love your books. Yes, my one book my that book. I have is pretty good. And, <laughs> and he's just like, all oh, right, you've only, oh, you've only done one book. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't do too much of the, oh, you should, uh, how about this idea? Yeah, they, like they don't. They do it once and they show how, if someone hasn't come up with the idea yet, how stupid it's. And I love yeah, that. Exactly. He's like, but why won't they just leave the room? room? <laughs> he's like, no. But <laughs> obviously, just a, just a... we know that he's bad at explaining things because when he tried to give the artistic interpretation of the painting, he reworded it terribly. So mm. him trying to explain the film concept to the original person, he does like, like they're all at a dinner party and mm. then there's a door there, but then they don't leave. And then, but like it's humanity, and he's like, "What? Why, why don't they just leave?" Yeah, which is worrying for a writer, but but also, <laughs> yeah. you know, well, he he might need that time to. Well, they get they his do also in. throw in that gag about how the family go and see a film that wasn't very good, and he's like, "I probably wrote that." Yeah. So you know, he's yeah. very self-deprecating. That's his whole shtick. He really is. Um, so yeah, he has some fun historical adventures. Finds himself back in regular Paris, and is like, "Oh, well, I guess I can just do that again." Um, tries to get Inez in on it, and she's. Yeah, that's just not going to work out, buddy. You have to. Well, that's the thing. How long out. were they waiting there, though? Because like a part of me is like they left dinner early. She was like pretty much. I think her parents hadn't finished dessert. Yeah. So like, say if they left at nine, because sometimes you eat later when you're on a, you know, on they, they're finishing dessert yeah. at nine. He walks her to this place. They wait what? And he's telling her that something amazing, amazing and is wonderful happen. is going to happen. And mm. then when she left five minutes later, it hit midnight. They could have been waiting minimum an hour. Yeah. Mm. But it could be like two to three hours she's sitting With there. With him just standing there going, any minute now. And in no which, explanation. In which case, yeah, Inez which, is totally fine to Yeah, to she, sh- like, she should have left earlier, really, in that yeah. one. Yeah, but... But, I mean, she isn't a very sympathetic character no. in this film. No, she belittles him the whole time. And that's the point. And you're yeah. like, why were they ever together? together? Like that's Because they like Indian food. Yeah. I think it's just one <laughs> of those things where he's like, he just falls in it. And he goes yeah. like, and I think that's meant to be the whole point with, mm. um, uh, with, uh, I forgot her name. Oh, God. Um, Adriana. Uh, yes. Yeah, Adriana. Mm. Adriana. Is that she goes, she, you know, she went, she had her goal. Her dream was to be a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. She went to Paris for that. Obviously, his goal, Gil, at the time was he wanted to be a writer and he was in Paris, but he never took the chance and he, and he left. And she stayed and was with, she just went to Lovers to Loves because they were interesting, but she sort of was always just on the, she was never in the yeah, art. Like she a was bit on always on the periphery. Periphery. And that's probably how he feels. He's in Hollywood, but mm. he's not with, he's on this. So these two yeah. people yeah. are going through and they're wishing for a simpler time in the past. So yeah. that's sort of meant to in be. In both of their own past. In both of their own world. So that's the whole sort of point is that they're going through their own mm. thing so she's got shitty lovers and he's got a, a partner and same Inez thing where you're just going through the motion does talk smack about how bad his writing is mm. and you know adriana is like i like it you've got something interesting yeah yeah so yeah and that will you can see why gill 
was attracted to the idea of somebody that wasn't his current partner because it wasn't mm. a supportive relationship. No, no, um, no. And even though it, it very much falls into the, the trappings of uh, a Woody Allen film where it's the partner that the Woody Allen character has at the beginning of the film is nitpicking or just not the yeah. right person and they're very portrayed very negatively. Um, but I do think in this film it's it that trope is done quite well. Yeah, also, mm. uh, you got good actors. Like, yeah, yeah, they were all... I mean, all the performances in this were really solid, I would mm. say. Yeah. Um, I, I quite... I, I, I kind of enjoyed the stuff with 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 Adriana and with with Gail, but I, I, I'm not sure why they hung out beyond the fact that Gil was just desperately seeking any any connection from outside of his relationship. That's what I mean. They spent a lot of time just walking. walking. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, like, they were sort of drawn to each other, but mm. you don't see them having a lot of conversation. Like, that's the thing. You get to know her a little bit, like, why she was here. But then... Then there's not a lot built up on top of that. Yeah. They learn nothing about each other. And mm. I have think you're no just supposed to assume that... Because when we first meet Adriana, she's in this really, like, tempestuous, on-again, off-again relationship with Pablo Picasso. And before that... She was with another artist who didn't treat her very well, and before that, someone else, Medigliani. Mm. So I think you're supposed to assume that she's with Gil at the moment because he's nice to her in a way that the others aren't. Yeah. Well, I guess you're looking at a 21st century man that's yeah. hanging, that's talking to a woman that would be used to men from the 1920s. So he'd probably mm. be like, "What are your opinions on this?" And she's like, like, "What?" Taking off the dress. Yeah, so like maybe it's, it could again, it could be yeah, a very similar mm. thing. He was attracted to her because she respected him and and liked his ideas and yeah. she was attracted to him because he didn't make a move on her mm. until he did mm. the shitty earring thing. Which um, is yeah, yeah, not explained we, again even in the diary scenario. We, we will get to the shitty earrings, yeah. don't yeah, worry. Um, and that diary, did we ever see her writing no, it? No, not once. Was not there a ever. deleted scene? Because that, that's it, what got me. It really felt like it came out of nowhere. Him I finding maybe right at the beginning when they met, and I was like, no, she no, was, she was reading, reading the newspaper. newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gil finds a diary in 2010 France, which is. Remarkably easily, may I say, yeah. he finds this diary. And it's, but again, it's magic realism. Uh, Still. Yeah. Well, I'm going to wave my hand at that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's Adriana's diary, and it. Um, he manages to get the tour guide to take time out of her day <laughs> to read this diary. Yeah, not just the tour guide, the first lady of France at the time, <laughs> Carla Bruni, I'll have you know. You're like, Who she, I imagine would be quite busy. Yeah, but you know what? Gosh, she's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, he, he finds out that um, Adriana has feelings for him and that encourages him to commit a kind of terrible crime of passion which is i'm gonna get her some earrings i'm gonna take my fiance's earrings because in the diary she's written i've met this man whose name is gil pender gaust or whatever his name was mm. gil pender and i had a the most wonderful dream where he brought me earrings and we made love and gil's like yes i can do earrings Mm. Yeah, we like, have them. We have them in. Yeah. In but instead of going to the shop, he's going to steal his fiance's pearl earrings. Luckily, that is a thing that sort of. Oh, is he going to? Then nothing gets happened. So nothing happens. I'm like, mm. what was the point of this freaking? I think just to show again that she's a bit of a bitch. That she's the worst. Because she instantly goes to, oh well, then my diamond and pearl earrings aren't here. The maid must have stolen them. Yeah. I never liked that maid. Can I have the hotel detective? I think here? what it does is it does something that I've only seen one of the Woody Allen film, and that's Annie Hall. And that scene with the the family coming back early because the dad 
has had like heart palpitations and the, the just the general sort of mishmash of chaos of like the doctor coming in and diagnosing whilst Inez and Gil are arguing the background felt like scenes from Annie Hall uh, where it's the the comedy and the drama comes from this sort of almost farcical falling out um, and yeah. I feel like that scene was there to to put a bit of tension in you know I, I was a concerned and a little bit squirmy about like now you're holding the thing in your hand and she can see it and you're wearing cologne and what are you doing girl um, and it, it it definitely made me feel those things also it was very early in the day when he did that was he just going to like well that's the thing at first i thought oh maybe everything's shut but again we're in australia and we're used to things like shutting yeah. late mm. but then the next shot he just does he did he not go out that night? Did he just wait till the next day? He must like, have done. He must have just he waited till the next done. day. And so <laughs> then he Make just... Make it less suspicious. Then he just went out to the shops. But what gets me is that when he read the diary... Well, when he read it. When this woman, when this woman the... took her lunch break to help... <laughs> it was daytime. I hope he paid her. Like, it was daytime? Yeah. Like, wouldn't you go, oh, cool, it's the I'll afternoon. I'll go now and I'll get, get some get earrings. earrings. Mm. Because I can't get to the past until literally midnight. Mm. So yeah, there's no hurry. that was the only thing that. Keen. Yeah, he was so keen. It was the only thing that made me go, oh, okay, that's, mm. that's. Yeah, that was that timing was a bit clunky. Mm. But even though, and and also that, you said when we were watching it, Anna, that you lost a lot of sympathy for Gil after that scene. Yeah, yeah, a tit in that. Yeah, um, and I mean, eventually he does do the right thing. And yeah, he does the right thing for his affair. Sorry, I should say. Um, <laughs> but the, the fiance already had an affair, so it's like it's totally fine. I, I yeah. do love that line when she was like, when she was like, Hemingway thinks like he's a bit of an idiot that he can't see that his wife's having an affair, and he's like, uh-huh. oh. <laughs> it's, it's called denial. Like that was quite that yeah. was that was quite funny. Um, yeah. Which, but then it's like, oh, so he's in an, another Inception thing. He's clearly just writing a self-insert version. He's writing about his life, so yeah. The Woody Allen character is doing a Woody Allen, but if but if Woody Allen about himself, if Woody Allen is in real world, Woody Allen only knows how to write characters who are like him. Then if he's writing a writer, that writer will write like the writer that Woody yeah. Allen is writing. Yep. So so yeah, it is. It is a. It's just a very anxious inception. <laughs> every time you hear that, wham, he goes. Oh. No, every time you hear that, you're like, oh my god, where are we? Yeah. Um, but the thing that I quite like about this film is is that Gil and Adriana, who are the characters that we're meant to sympathise with the most, mm. manage to find the things that they want without yeah. yes, I... having sex with each other. Without was, actually they, like they did make out and that was it. Yeah. Actually cool. there wasn't a sex scene in that whole film. No. Yeah, I know, which, which was, was nice. Quite refreshing. Yeah. I really like the fact that, that that what they were searching for wasn't found in each other. It was they helped each other to find what, mm. what they wanted. And you know what I also liked? That it was another woman that of, of a possible thing. They seemed, there was clearly a connection, the one that ran on the other side. But it wasn't a, because some movies do this, where they go, wow, I really fell in love with this woman in the past, but now she's gone. Hang on. It's the same actress, but oh, in modern clothing. God, you know, know where, and then she's like, about that. she's like, hello, I'm sorry. My name is. <laughs> Agatha, like you know, and you're, and he's like, oh, Agatha, all along. yeah, um, and you're like, I think we're gonna get along, just great, fine. you know, and yeah. it's just yeah. they didn't do that, it's like they could have, like yeah. he could have bumped into 
like a version of her and that would have been or like they both are at that antique store and they reach for the same Cole Porter record yeah. and they look up and it's her but she's got a different hair she's got a bangs <laughs> <laughs> you know she's wearing a very high belt yeah <laughs> or Guinness a really was. low some of the fashion <laughs> here you were like work in this you were like man almost. 2010s what a, what a weird time for the yeah. outfits for women yeah. yeah and men it was really just Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bean <laughs> outfits yeah it was, it was not Mr. a great Mr. Bean one. all bathrobes yeah. Oh, what yeah. yeah. Sorry, but yes, it was good that they yeah. actually and they got what they needed in their own life. Yeah. yeah. And and that obviously was Adriana getting to stay in the eighteen nineties and, and hang out with And designed for ballet dresses. Yeah, which was like that's cool. I mean, that's I'm, a great ending. I mean Anna, you you design uh, I do clothes. not. I make clothes. You, you make clothes. Sorry. <laughs> oh sorry. 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 No, okay. But you you, you make clothes. Yes. Owen Wilson takes you back to 1890 just because he's like, "Hey, wow, we met. Let's <laughs> let's go back to 1890." Yes. And then and then you meet those designers and yes. they're like, "Hey, do you oh. want a, do you want a job? W- would you would you stay in 1890?" I would do the thing that he mentions about the antibiotics where I would come to the now, I would pack my bags mm. and yeah. then I would go back. But it's one of those things where he's like, "I had an iPad, I went to the dent." And I was like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> Like, you want to pass through. Like, that's yeah. the whole point. You can't stay. And I think... But, but for her, she's not coming... Because she was coming from the, the 20s. 20s. She's yeah. not coming from a time... She, she doesn't know about penicillin yet. No, like, man. And yeah. the medicine is still pretty... Uh, and she's about to miss out on World War Two. Yeah. You know, I think she's fine. Yeah. Well, and if like, she goes back to 1890, she's got, like, a good, you know... 30 10, years. Well, how many years did World War One? World War One was 1914. So, so she's got like a good... And she'll already know what happens. She'll know yeah. like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, better oh, That's right, there. so she knows what to do. She'll... So yeah, I would mm. I would put serious thought into staying. Okay. Yeah. Kate... But I don't know if I would stay. Kate, uh, hey, I'm Owen Wilson. Wow, hey. Hi. I'm going to I'm gonna take you back in time uh, anywhere. Where's a, where's a period in time you want to go? Oh, gosh. Which, I, don't, I don't know. Where? Where'd you want to go live? Wow. I don't know. Like, that's the thing. I was thinking about that when we had a, like, where would I, mm. would I want to see, like, parts of Australia in a certain time? Because I know that in a certain time in, like, um in, like, in the 1800s at some point, Melbourne and, um I think it was Melbourne was seen as the, the, the growing of what would be, like, New York City. Mm. Like, at that, there was this real change going on. Um, mm. it, and it sort of, then it stilled. Um, but, at, like, at that time, it was, like, this possibility yeah um so it's like oh do i want to see that or do i do i want to go somewhere else and then mm. i also have to think of i because i did this with this movie i can only speak english i know i was mm. thinking about that so that's well. the thing i because there are some that like i'd be like oh my gosh there there are some amazing like um like i was like wouldn't i want to go to um, like imperial russia or something yeah but mm. even like um some of the the great kingdoms like in africa like mm. you know like there are some like kingdoms through like the African and Asian continent that existed, that would be a, a fascinating. You'd be like, holy crap, this is, you know, or do I just want to go back to the 80s for a bit, like all the, yeah. the 70s or something mm. in a different country? Suppose, yeah, and it just depends sort how, of... I suppose how, like, if you're looking at it from that real analytical of like, okay, where as a woman can I go in the past mm. where I have rights? Yeah. And I can kind of, or are you doing it in like the, you know, Woody Allen magic Well, that's the other thing. He can just walk around at midnight all by himself and And go... And it's fine. And all the men are like, oh, you're a writer, all right. But then, obviously, you saw... Fisher, like he, you know, he, he was like, I don't, you don't let writers read other writers' work because, but he had done that for Zelda yeah, because he and then obviously gone, it was shit because obviously he didn't see her as a writer. Like no. so, you sort of have that kind mm. of element, and also I guess for him, 
he was a writer so that was like the era of like yeah the 20s in mm. paris like art and music like intellectualism and we've got all that kind of stuff so yeah. i guess for me what would be an era where you would go wow like at this time there was this period of what a thing of that theater I'm or, or film yeah. or like yeah you know like maybe there was you know the a film era where everything's getting made yeah like si- to see the birth of silent film would be yeah or would it just be I, like and that's the thing and i'd only want to pass through i wouldn't want to stay yeah yeah i i struck... do like a six month stint yeah and then come home yeah like a like a contiki through yeah. history yeah like a history contiki a history mm. contiki would be fun yeah i don't actually know that there is a time period that i would desperately want to be in for more than say an hour like <laughs> like I, 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 I think 24 hours i think if someone's yeah. like hey do you want to spend like the afternoon uh, or the night yeah. there's, a, there's a few there's a few things i'd be curious to see like i'd love to see what like japan was like mm. under the tokugawa shogunate when the country was basically closed off for 200 years and like go towards the tail end of that before they started opening up the borders and just see what that culture was like in practice um i think china around the turn of the um well two millenniums ago around about um you know 200 bc to 200 mm. ad is a really interesting time period but i'm also aware that if i turn up <laughs> they're gonna Shot be like on site yeah they're gonna be like well he looks weird let's get him uh, <laughs> well, that's what i mean like would yeah. you when some uh, you know yeah you'd be like how many places would you just be considered like a mm. ghost or a weird spirit or yeah. Or are we just assuming that and like there were people that were traveling around yeah, they and people give a, would have been like, oh, yeah. like, you can speak our language. Hey, what's up? Hey, great. Like, Come on in. Yeah. The th- the, to be honest, it would probably be, if it was to go somewhere longer term, I'd probably just want to go, I just want to go to the 1990s, I think, to be honest. Like, and it's not for any particular, like, oh, wow, I want to meet this person. Like, I want to go meet Prince because he was alive then or whatever. <laughs> um, it's, I think it's more just because I remember it as, as a child, yeah. I'd be curious to see what it was like as an adult mm. to go wandering around in early 90s Britain and go, oh, this wasn't great. <laughs> but I was a child, <laughs> so I didn't notice. But that that would be yeah. like more of a personal history thing. Was Yeah, I don't know that there's like a golden age of any particular thing. Well, that we don't know. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, is, yeah. there, is, there, What's our golden is there a thing where people go, wow, like uh, the golden age of... Well, I, would, I couldn't well, pre, imagine being... Pre-COVID. Yeah. Well, I think realistically is what it'll be. It'll be oh, yeah. yeah. I do like how the first like two minutes of this film were like, wow, Paris. <laughs> Travel. Remember going to other places? Yeah, I was there before the dark times. Yeah. In the before times. What I think we've established, though, is that none of us want to go back in history and have a bunch of authors tell us that, in fact, we're great and we wrote some good stuff. Like, none of us want that. Yeah. No. And he kind of did at a certain point. Oh, yeah. All these great authors were like, you're amazing. And, and you're I'm like, like, how do you know? Yeah, mm. I yeah, uh, I know. I, that's the thing. And there's, is there anybody that I would want to bump into? Oh, it's people I'd love to meet. Like, okay, who would you want to meet? Who would you want to casually like? If someone was like, "Oh, hey, Stephen, we're at this party. Oh, this is my mate, so and so." Oh, t- Terry Pratchett. Terry oh, Pratchett. Yeah. yeah. Just because he so. seemed like a really great yeah. guy. They're like, "Oh, he hey, oh, Terry's just so hey, Terry." <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh my god. <laughs> it's probably a few people like that. Just, just historically, I'd be fascinated to to meet. I mean. Hemingway looks like he's a ball in this film. I maybe wouldn't go out <laughs> drinking with him for longer than five minutes. And but fighting. Yeah, yeah. Do you box? <laughs> I've got to say, out of everyone in that film, every historical figure, I would want to hang out with Dali the most. He seemed yeah. like he was having the he most was having, fun. Mm. And also, for what? For the filming day, that would have been... A day, maybe. A day of... And you could tell that he was like... They're like, you look like the guy. Mm. You're a good actor. You've won some Oscars. Um, Get in Oscar. here, Adrian Brody. Come in, Adrian. And like he would have shot for 
less than a day yeah. and he would have had so much fun and you can mm. tell he's that he's had he would have done a couple of takes just taking the piss like that art scene of him describing <laughs> what he was going to draw for there is probably a bunch of takes of like just those two just riffing crap. of him mm. going and just saying the word rhino i can guarantee you that 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 rhinoceros line <laughs> was not like what it was in that uh, all in all it's, it's a pretty nice film. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a nice film. Like, it's, it is a nice bit of escapism. You'd watch it on, like, a rainy Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it better on a sunny uh, sunny Saturday afternoon? Because is it better in the rain or in the sun? That's the big question of this oh, film. That's true. Mm, that is true. But it's more atmospheric in the rain. It is. I do. Uh, well, that's the thing. In the rain. But I like Australian rain. Um, I mean, all rain's really lovely. Mm. Um, but sometimes, like, the city rain, it's because mm. you, then you smell. Yeah the city um because I've, I've like i've been to paris and that's the thing like i it's also fitting that they picked paris because obviously paris had such eras and like that but also it is famous for people have this romantic idea of this space i do that, wonder that when they it... go there there are people that are actually heartbroken because they see paris from films and they have this idea of paris that when they get there they're yeah like, and it's going to be and it's nothing like what i do wonder yeah. how like what the sort of tourism increase was after this film came out of mm. people going oh like it's mm. the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. We have to go there. And then going, oh, it is a beautiful city, but it's a city. Like, yeah, like the, it's I mean, not a storybook castle. It's a city. The, the first yeah. time I went to Paris was um, two years after this film came out. So the, the Paris that's on film here is very, very reminiscent of the one that I was walking mm. around in. Um, which would explain why I kept ending up in the 1920s. <laughs> Just realised. Uh, but yeah, it was... Um, I think it's it's interesting that the way Paris is used in this film because it could so easily have been one of those films where it's like, well, the city's just a character. Um, and I really feel like the film actually kind of pulls away from that. Yeah, it um, wasn't yeah. too over the top. Yeah, it, like like Paris as a setting is super integral to this story, mm. but it's not... It is and it isn't a love it, letter to Paris. It actually mm. does what I think is the point when you go... Like, that's the thing. When I, when I was, like, in Paris, um, the it was lovely when you would sort of get lost and walk around yeah. and you would see mm. the little bits of beauty, which is what that character wants. He's like, if you walk around, you can see it. And it's the other... It's the other... Like, there's some beautiful stuff, but it's the other big touristy... All the places that you think should be amazing. Mm. That's where you're disappointed because there's thousands of because there's people thousands of people and, and it's yeah. never going to be as good as what you see yeah the but... mona lisa is a overrated oh my experience. mom tried to go so close and i was like no i just turned my back on mona lisa and i looked at the giant painting yeah. that was behind it and i was really enjoying it. i was like yeah I mean, i've seen the mona lisa my sister had a copy that we all hang know up what the Mona Lisa like, looks like. Yeah. Some beautiful paintings. Um, and like, it's like, yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's a great painting, but yeah. guess what? There's there's hundreds of them. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I think that uh, ironically, I think that's why it was film well for being in Paris is that you saw because you right, didn't they, get the romantic idea. It was you saw the little things after the initial sort of montage of like Eiffel Tower, Notre Dame, Arc de Triomphe, blah blah blah. They don't actually. Everything is filmed very much on ground level. There's yeah. no like sweeping city the, the shots only, or the only sort of city shot they do with with um, with this film after that opening montage is right at the end yeah. when you can see the Eiffel Tower sort of out of focus. In the distance. Yeah, and it's like that's a really good use of that that yeah. landmark. But yeah, they they sort of steer clear of those big obvious landmarks. And I think it's because at the beginning it's meant to help us as the audience go. Oh, oh, this is par- the world like we go yeah. par- like oh, you get the romantic idea of Paris because 
he has a romantic like he wants mm. to go to Paris for a, yeah not because he's a writer but because he wants to go escape. to Paris yeah. he want, like just like the 20s he wants to escape but then when he decided to stay he wants to actually be, be, be here it. so then that's why when you see him at the end he's just having a cafe there's no sweeping shots he's just yeah. having a drink and chilling out like yeah. that's because um, he lives there like it's not yeah it's not yeah. really he, a big... he's, he's found something that that is real it, it, yeah mm. even and even if it's like I don't want to call it his happy place it's more like a place where he's just very could be happy he could be happy and he feels if not at home at least comfortable yeah and i think that's a really nice message for for a film like this yeah um yeah no it's 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 just a very it's like a nice, nice film, film. Yeah. like i think it, it might have been during award seasons it might have been nominated for some stuff like i think it's one of those things where you're like oh it's it's one of those things i thought it was a very nice film i haven't watched it again since it came out um i remember loving it the film mm. when it first came out um but watching it again i'm sort of like it's a nice film it was done well would i watch it again i don't like yeah maybe in the next maybe in another 10 years if yeah. like my mum mm. wanted to watch or something. if you had a friend who's like oh, i love midnight in paris can we please watch it again yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. like I, I don't think it's a it's, it's not an award-winning film it's not a game mm. but yeah. that's okay like not every film no has yeah. to be no it's just a fun original little film which and, doesn't actually happen a lot and an acceptable woody allen film yeah one of the few yeah like and yeah. i think which is interesting and i think it's because it's uh when was the last film where he stopped acting in his own stuff i, I feel not like you. midnight at paris was one oh, of the I'm, I'm not sure i mean he has been very much he took focused a, he took a huge break for a little bit in the um i don't want to get i'm so bad with dates but um there was a huge break because i know midnight in paris was big deal because he hadn't done a film like that at the like I think I vaguely remember like it was a big deal at the time because he hadn't done because that Midnight while. in Paris vibe of like the man and the it had that very much like the Annie Hall like that yeah. era of Woody Allen that people hadn't seen in a long time mm -hmm. but he wasn't in it so Woody Allen has never really stopped making films no he's always just, just looking working. through but in terms of like his his big films the, the previous one Three years before Midnight in Paris came out, he did Vicky, Christina, oh, Barcelona. Oh, Barcelona. God, I which, forgot that was him. Yeah, which was one that was relatively well... Um, received. Well received, yeah. um, or at the very least. I, I certainly remember it being a thing. Um, there's Match Point from 2005, which was one. But really, if you're looking at some of these other ones, his last, I guess, notable one before that, or at least what I think is his notable one, is Bullets Over Broadway, which was 94. Um, yeah. And he got, like, seven Oscar nominations for that film, I yeah. believe. So That's quite a big gap. It was quite a big gap, really. Yeah, certainly the early 2010s, there was a bit of a, a Woody Allen sort of returning to the fore, where films like Midnight in Paris, um, he did To Rome With Love the next year, which was another sort of, I'm in a European city, let's tell a story kind of thing. And Blue Jasmine in 2013. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, so he's he, he's never really stopped working in that sense. But as for when he was, when when he stopped actually being physically in the films, I'm, I'm afraid I don't know that one. Yeah, I don't know what it, yeah, because I know that, uh, yeah, it was like the early 2000s, yeah, it sort of was like, oh, it's a Woody Allen renaissance, but the more renowned you become back again, then all of a sudden... People it... look into your life and they go, yeah. tell us about you, Woody Allen. Oh, no. Um, but it was stuff that people always Already knew. knew. Just didn't um, talk about. But like in the night, but now everyone was like, hang on a second. It's actually um, a bad thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. For me, Woody Allen is like hit and miss like as a person, piece of crap. Yeah. But also... As a person, big miss. But also like he's right, like all of his films, 
there's some stuff like this one I think is one of my favorites mm. uh, of I haven't watched all of his stuff I've only so for the, I can't comment on every single one of his work mm. uh, but for me I like this one because you know a woman at the end has her own life at the end and she makes her own decision does her own thing yeah and there's but he's never been able to write women well um all of the male characters it's just the it's the same person over and over again and it's and it's always about fulfilling this need for him and and also and well, what gets fair, me is that it's not like a specific Woody Allen problem no but, but a, a lot of his work is always about how, career how people are, yeah he made a career of people always telling the lead how amazing Thing. he is when the lead doesn't put in that much effort, effort. to mm. be amazing yeah that's what that's what gets me like i you know a part of me like you know what i mean like after a certain point you're like okay come on now like that's so the, just not the last of his own films that he physically appears in is to run with love which is the year after this one yeah. um where he plays a character called jerry who i haven't seen that film but from what i can see here i don't think he's the lead no he was like a he wasn't the lead he was yeah like so he, he has definitely pulled back from that and i think that's a wise decision because he's 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 he, he's an actor who can play himself like that's sort of the one yeah. thing that he can do and i think it was certainly this film's much more interesting with with owen wilson acting as opposed to say if this film was made 20 years previously and it was woody allen doing yeah, the acting. yeah i think they maybe made a good choice there would you guys like some trivia about midnight in paris trivia me better hit me with the trivia okay the first bit of trivia is about tom hiddleston yeah uh, yes. And all of this trivia is sourced from IMDb, so if it's not true, don't blame me. Truth. Tom Hiddleston received a letter from Woody Allen, along with 15 pages of the script, offering him the role of F. Scott Fitzgerald. Uh, it was three sentences long, Hiddleston told Entertainment Weekly. Dear Tom, I'm making a movie in Paris this summer. I attach some pages. I'd love for you to play the role of Scott. End quote. Hiddleston now has that letter framed and hanging up in his home office. And apparently Woody Allen, as I learned from this, sends the bits of the film that the actor are in to the actor to offer it to them. Like, he had a very clear idea of who he wanted to play a lot of these parts. Yeah. Um, and so he would send them the materials as his... Um, Quite practical. Pick. I like how he's like, play Scott. And he's like, oh, it's character Scott. And he's like, mm. wait, Scott Gerald. F. Scott? Yeah. yeah. Play Tom, who? Oh, T.S. Eliot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, due to Woody Allen's habit of only giving actors the script pages concerning their characters, Tom Hiddleston was unaware of the film's time travel storyline. Yes, I forgot about this. He thought it was a he thought oh, it was a film was like a based in this era. Oh. He thought it was like a film based in that era. 20s, that's so mm. cute. Uh, when he met Owen Wilson on set and asked him why he wasn't wearing period accurate clothes like the rest of the cast, that's when he found out. Oh, I know. I would have loved for him to be at the um, the screening. Yeah. And the film opens and he's like, Oh, oh no, he they've, just, they've cut all my parts. I'm not in this. <laughs> yeah. No, like you would have known when Owen Wilson like was rocking up in his Mr. Mr. Bean, Bean outfit. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. It looks so much like Mr. Bean. It was just very funny. I have a T.S. Eliot fact. Throw it in. Just because he's... Fact, fact, T.S. Eliot. Mm. Well, it's because why he calls himself T.S. Eliot rather than just T. Eliot. Mm. Because I can't remember who it was, but another one of his writer friends worked out that T. Eliot backwards is toilet. Yep. And he was very upset by that fact and was like, well, we, I can't have that. I've got a very serious image to project. And that's why he put the S in there. So I'll be toilest. Yes. Oh man, that is so funny because that's such a classic thing a bunch of mates would do while drinking. Yeah. Mm. Like, oh, oh look, I turn toilet, around. Toilet backwards. He's like, f you. 
TSL sounds better than T. Elliot. Yeah, it's yeah. T. Elliot sounds like a rapper for some reason. Yo, it's your boy T. Elliot. <laughs> but it's only. But I'm just imagining T. S. Elliot saying that, and everyone's like, "Man." Well, and he was also called Possum. That was his other. Because when he used to go to parties, he would basically like pretend to be dead because he hated socializing so much. Hmm. So you know, like playing Possum. How oh, Possum's kind yeah. of like. So explains why he didn't want to let um, Gil in the car. Yeah, like, yeah. like the car didn't stop. It like yeah. said, "Kick." He's like, "No, thanks." So no, I'll, like, just, I'll just close the, like, I'll close the door. Uh, Sorry, no. I hijacked the facts. That's no, my no, T.S. No. Eliot. Honestly, we we love any any additional facts you want to throw in. Please do. Um, according to Kurt Fuller, uh, who played the dad, um, supernatural yes. angel uh, man. Uh, yeah. According to Kurt Fuller, um, when his agent called him about a role in the film, uh, his agent said that Woody Allen was interested in casting him in the film and Fuller thought it was a joke. Uh, Fuller was told by his agent to expect someone to arrive at his home, uh, of which someone did with a manila envelope and instructed Fuller that they'd wait until Fuller had read the 30 pages that he was in um, before he had to return the script back. So this person turned up, gave him a manila folder, said, read this and then just watched him while he oh, read it. Oh, I thought it. you were going to say that the person who turned up was Woody Allen. No, oh. no, it wasn't. No. Um, Fuller said there was a note attached to it, personally written by Allen, that said, Kurt, thought you might have fun with this. If not, maybe something else down the road. Woody, and end note. Um, Fuller said that the script uh, was blacked out save for the lines that he had to read. Um, Fuller simply responded to the note um, saying, are you kidding? I love it. It would be great when returning the script. Uh, Fuller said despite the low pay, it actually uh, cost him to work on this film. What? Apparently. Um, That's ridiculous. But according to him, despite the fact that he didn't get paid very well for this, he hasn't had to audition for a project since. Oh, so I suppose it pays yeah. off, but still. Well, mm. that's a th- well, that's the thing. Sometimes actors don't get yeah. paid a lot like mm. in what they sh- should. And he would have been considered... I mean, no wonder he would have said no, like... For me, I was like, oh, it's a guy from Supernatural. Like, he plays yeah, he plays smarmy and smaller roles. And, like, he would have been like, why the hell? He I must, mean, yeah. he was in Wayne's World, I'll have you know. No, but he's done, like, great... <laughs> no, he's done great jobs playing a particular... Kind of character. Kind of character, yeah. which is why he would have cast him. Because he would have gone... Oh, that we need people to go, I know who you are. Yeah, like, you know him in, You see him on screen, you know him instantly. Absolutely. Yeah. And good for him. If yeah. he's never had to audition for a role. Yeah. If you... If you uh, Google Kurt Fuller and you look up his filmography Wayne's World comes up first these are the other films that come up um, No Holds Barred from 1989 which uh, looks like a film about wrestlers starring uh, Hulk Hogan mm-hmm. hey let's not be mean to Kurt Fuller no no I'm just saying uh, he would have played like a smarmy manager yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely uh, he was also in Ghostbusters 2 which is pretty good and he was also a smarmy <laughs> he played he was in you remember the TV show Psych Oh gosh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. there's been two films. There has been, and yeah. I want to watch them, but I I've only watched two episodes of season one. <laughs> I'm well, like, that looks interesting, but I'm like, I feel like I should watch the show. Little background. Well, info. apparently, he was in both Psych films and a film called Bingo, the poster of which features a dog wearing sunglasses. Um, Bingo is uh, Chucky is an average kid who has trouble getting along with his peers. His life takes a turn when he befriends Bingo, an escaped circus dog. I just want to point out that all of these films come up before Midnight in Paris. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's th- well, that's the thing. I think Midnight in Paris would be like mm. the be- like yeah, there's Wayne's a level world. of prestige It would be that there. prestige yeah. that you would have. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, you get Midnight in Paris, you also get the pursuit of happiness. You know and then what? it's like, okay, there's, yeah, there's other stuff. You know what? I'm sure he's a really nice 
God, I hope he is. Like, mm. I feel like he's just like I think it's just because he's like tall. He's got and the he face and he probably will start go. He started probably balding and like he's quite like a young age, late twenties, yeah. which helps because that means that you can stay the At same. People are like, cool. Yeah. We're gonna be. You know, now you're forty and you'll be forty until you're eighty. Yeah, uh, like the actor. Um, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Princess Bride, Inconceivable. Oh, uh, oh. Wallace Shawn. Yeah. Yes, Wallace Shawn. Okay, so Clueless. You know, like Princess yeah. Bride. Like first of all. Princess Bride and then Clueless, yeah. and then all of a sudden I watch all of his stuff. Or and Pablo then, from the Princess Diaries. Yeah, and he's mm. been and balding forever. He's been the same age for thirty years. Yeah, mm. it's just one of those. It's one of those things where I saw him and I was like, oh wow, he looks old. And everyone's like, yeah, no, he's, he's was, always been old. In that film, he was like thirty-five, <laughs> but he had just he had the ball haircut. Yeah. I'm like, that's you know, mm. so smart. Yeah. Well, anyway. What you got? Well done, Kurt Fuller. There's always that. yeah. Good for him. Is the moral of this film really? It's well done, Kurt Fuller. Yeah. I didn't um, trust him. The detective's so, gone missing. <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's awful. dead. I like how they're like, he's going to be beheaded. He's, yeah, yeah, that was the funniest bit the of that film. Will yeah. kill him. I just loved that. That was great. Um, normally on these films we get linked with uh, a lot of actors that could have played the part. So, th- Well, if you said he picked everyone by hand. Yeah. There might have been some people that said no. But one of the actors that was considered for this film, just to give you an idea of how long the idea for this film has been around. Was it Dick Van Dyke? No. That would be random. Cary Grant was considered. What? Um, Cary Grant almost came out of retirement in the 1970s to make this film when the script was in a very early stage. You know what? That'd be good. I think that's also why this film was considered when they were looking at like Woody Allen era. They were mm. going, "This feels like mm. so it would have been one. an old old script." Yeah. Man, Cary Grant in that. My mm. goodness. And especially because it would have been so fitting because it would have been looking at the golden age and perfect and he, time yeah, because is... the golden age of cinema for so many people to have some of those actors playing. Yeah. Um, would he been like coming out of like one of the leads or one of the historical figures? I believe Cary Grant would have been the Owen Wilson role. Oh, he would have. That's interesting. He would have mm. been so old. Yeah, mm. which means that his wife probably would have been, been so oh, yeah. young. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, maybe it would have been. Or he, would he have been? He like might have been Hemingway. Because mm. Hemingway is probably the biggest. Because historical. a part of me is thinking, if he had come, if he was going to come out of retirement, it has to be What a is part. a prestigious role that if the camera panned to a person well, going back in time and you saw Cary Grant, go, everyone oh. would go. Oh my, oh my god. god. Well, maybe if this was an earlier version of the script, maybe the whole marriage, uh, impending marriage subplot wasn't in there. Yeah, maybe he, he might have already, already married. married. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. an early version. Like, like yeah. so he might have been, I mean, but in the 70s, he would have been in his, he actually wouldn't oh, have been old super and... old. He only passed away in the 80s and 90s, like in the 90s, I think. Mm. So he, he probably only would have been in his maybe 60s. 60s? Yeah. So if he was saying a, a writer that had worked most of his life and then now in his... Once, yeah, that could also kind of work. You know, he's worked most of his life in the films, but he wants to actually do, you know, one great work. Yeah. Uh, Cary Grant would have been um, in his late 60s, early 70s, yeah. around that yeah. time. Um, so, you know, it could have... They could have done something. It would have been a very different film, it would have been obviously, a very different but film. Tom Hiddleston would have been far too young to play <laughs> Scott Fitzgerald. But, um, yeah, I just thought that was a really interesting one. Uh, Woody Allen won a Best Original Screenplay Academy Award for this film. Uh, the Oscar was Allen's fourth, uh, yeah. although the first uh, that he had won since 1986 for Hannah and Her Sisters. Um, Allen received two Oscar nominations for this movie, the other being Best Director, which he didn't win. Uh, taking him up to 23 Oscar nominations over his yeah. career at that time. See, that makes sense. Because, again, I remember when this movie came out, it seemed like such a 
big deal. Like this was yeah. the movie where it was like, he's back, baby. Like it was that kind of, <laughs> you know, which makes sense. If that was like an early draft from like yeah. the 70s, yeah. it would make sense. This film was one of numerous movies that were in competition at the 2012 Academy Awards that were related to France or French culture in some way. This is a surprisingly long list. Films that were nominated for various Academy Awards which had a French influence in that time included The Artist. That was a good movie. Oh god, that was a good film. I have a DVD Mm. of that. I haven't watched it since I saw Mm. it in the cinema. Well, that was one that got Best Picture that year. It was good. Um, Hugo. Oh, yeah, that was films alright. Yeah, no, that's good. We we reviewed that a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, not not great. I don't. I didn't. Yeah. Um, obviously, Midnight in Paris, The Adventures of Tintin, The Secret of the Unicorn. You know what? Oh. The Tintin, like the way that they designed with the computer, was I was like, they that was smart. Yeah. Uh, Puss in Boots, which what you know what that was just fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. That's because That's it's fun. The, the original fairy tale is it's is French. From, is okay. French. Okay. Uh, and similarly, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the original novel being by Pierre Boulle, who's a French author, obviously. I feel like I've just been violently transported into the past. Yeah. Um, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> interestingly, though, the 1920s. <laughs> Interestingly, though, no French film was nominated for Best Foreign Film at the Academy Awards oh, that year. So yeah. they liked French culture. They just didn't like their films. They were like the rich they Americans like the in, this yeah, film. in the film. <laughs> the final bit of trivia. This is one of four movies where Rachel McAdams stars as the love interest of a time traveller. Yeah. The other ones being The Time Traveller's Wife. Yep. About Time. About Time. And, oh, I can't... This film. And then what would be the other one? I can't... Give us a hint. Don't tell us. Give us a okay, hint. Okay, I'll let you guess this last one. Uh, it was released in 2016. Deeply oh. unhelpful. Uh, it was... Um, 2016. 2016. Uh, it featured actors such as Mads Mikkelsen. Oh. Oh. Uh, it wasn't Cloud Atlas or something, It wasn't was it? Cloud Atlas. No. Uh, it also featured um, Tilda Swinton. Oh, Benjamin! No, uh, no. I was about to say. I was uh, going to say Benjamin. I was about to be like. I was about, I was about to be no. like Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Oh, it is. And Benedict Cumberbatch. Yay. I was avoiding the big one. Oh. She, she See, I the, haven't seen. It. She played oh, the right. random. I'm a doctor. I'm a woman with and a no doctor. personality. <laughs> In none of these films. Has Rachel McAdams' character participated in the time travel? She's got, she's got, she's You busy. know what? No, I want a Rachel McAdams film where she's travelling through time. <laughs> yeah. like, that's what I want. Can't, why or can't she's Rachel like McAdams the woman who time? invented time travel. Yeah. And then went, no, I don't think I'm going to do that, in fact. Yeah. yeah. Seems not for me. I don't know if she has a no time travel clause in her contracts. Contract, maybe. Or if, or if they just go, you look like a partner that should be left behind. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, but I agree. I would love to see Rachel McAdams in a time travel film just to yeah. address this balance. Yeah, and so, like, yeah, there's an imbalance in the universe now. Mm. I have to fix I it. I, I'm still just trying to think where I would like. You know, it shows that I just wouldn't want to go anywhere. Medicine, man. Yeah, it, it's pretty mm. good. Yeah. And technology. How do we get around? I don't think I could go anywhere without Panadol. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. Well, Rachel... got, oh, blister yeah. band aids. I can't go into the past without a blister band aid. Yeah, and you wouldn't want to change anything. You know, like a part yeah. of you, would you want to say something? Would you like, you know, it would be a good. Well, idea. apparently, you can give the film director the idea for the film, and they're what just like, what I would that's do dumb. would just be to ask for them to dedicate the novel to me. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not a so huge. So you find Harper shame. Lee and go, hey. To Kill a Mockingbird, right? I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Can you just put this or in, Or you go, wow, I, or it's their famous, or it's their work. 
that you know that no one can find a copy of because they go, oh, this was mm. one of their things oh, before yeah, they became they, big. And they don't, no one can really find a copy and you find them and they're going, I'm just oh, going to bin this, this old there's book. This, and there's like, this draft Yoink. and you're like, oh, mm. you know what? I really like it. Yeah, can, can you I? sign it for me? Oh, what's this? <laughs> the only copy? Yeah. Well, yeah. with all that being said, it's time to score the film. Oh, I forgot we did this. Oh, yes. Well, Anna, uh, you get to go first as well because it was your first time watching Midnight me. in Paris. Uh, what would you give it out of 10? Um, I'll give it a solid six and a half. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Uh, what about yourself, Kate? Yeah, about the same. I'm like about like five and a half to like going on six. Like it's a fun film. Yeah, but I don't not hate gonna... it. But you, I, I, you don't love it because there's just some stuff you're like, oh, yeah, that was that was fun. That was yeah. nice. And then other stuff you're like, oh, if I think about this too much, I'll start to get annoyed. Yeah, like with just some of the characters, but some of the shots yeah. are lovely. Shots are beautiful. Um, costumes are lovely. The music was very nice. The, the casting was well done. Yeah, so it's like that kind of good. stuff. It's just mm. some of I think it's just like with Woody Allen, some of his writing, you're just like. The irony is that he's talking about people being full of himself, but the characters are so just, full yeah. of themselves, like mm-hmm. pretentious. And I think that... They're so pretentious, they can't even see they're pretentious. But we can, which is deeply annoying. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I'm like, it's fun. It's not great. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And you know what? It's an original It's an original story. Yeah, it's, just it's, a, a, simple, it's a good concept. It's a simple idea of what would you do if you could have dinner? It's the basic question. What would you do? Who could you have dinner with in the world? What would you do if you could see these person? Yeah, like, we, we are seeing Woody Allen's... Uh, Dream. Dream, dream dinner party. Dream dinner party, party yeah. yeah. Um, what about you? What would you give it? Oh, look. It's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's better <laughs> than... I mean. it, it's, it's a be- film. It's better than fine. It's a nice... It, it's, it, it's fluffy. It's, yeah. it's just like a nice, You'd fluffy... You'd watch it with your nan. Yeah, you know, yeah, I which would. which is why I think it has that five, because you're like, it's not bad. No. But it's not... Mm great yeah. you don't hate it but you're not in love with it but while you're watching it you go okay oh, oh, no, no, oh. okay time and it's not too long you know it doesn't no which no. i do appreciate yes. um so i'm i'm going to give it 6 um rhinoceroses <laughs> out of oh 10 God. um yeah. because yeah it's it's fun it's inoffensive and look it's it's Woody Allen so you know well done because mm. <laughs> uh, they're not all like that uh, that brings us to the end of this review of Midnight in Paris so Kate and Anna thank you so much for joining me on this episode thank you for having us thank you and for those of you listening in at home hey 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 we've got Facebook yeah they didn't have that back in uh, 1920s France it's looking all the more desirable but uh, you can find us there just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club you get news and updates there we're also on Patreon just search for patreon.com forward slash CCUC podcast there's extra bonus goodies there Um, we have a time travel level where uh, if you give us enough money you can go back in time to meet the first year of podcast guests (laughs) Uh, you can be there (gasps) when we watched uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey oh what you? I, my first one I did with you was singing in the rain. Mm. Uh, uh, or was it? Or or was it not? Or was it The Godfather? It was. Yeah. I tell a lie. Ah, it was. I still have not the seen first, that. Got, mm. The singing in the rain was the first movie I watched with you that I had seen. Yeah. But my first right. podcast with you was The Godfather. But yeah. If you if you unlock that level, you can you can watch. Singing in the Rain with me and Kate and Dean Lovett, and you can watch us all sit there and talk about Singing in the Rain, and then jump back into today and go. God, I miss non-pandemic based life. <laughs> Wasn't it nice? <laughs> Wasn't it nice four in the years before ago? Before times. Yeah. Before times. I always wonder when people will, because that's the thing. Everyone don't talk. Everyone don't. Oh, my, my day. No. Um, We've all nobody, had a long um, week. You know, what when you look at like the Spanish flu, everyone yeah. Yeah. forgets because you had the ro- ironically the mm. Roaring Twenties because everyone was like, 
we're out of the house. We're gonna drink. We're gonna have what could possibly go wrong? Mm. Um, and I and but no one really talks about the Spanish flu era. Everyone's like, <laughs> but what about now? Like, is that are we gonna get a bunch of movies because we're in our own twenties? Like now you have to say the nineteen twenties, yeah. right? Because mm. we're in the twenties now. Like, Upsetting. what's gonna be the era equivalent? Like, you know, are there? There are probably already teenagers going. Wow, I really miss the. I wish I was in the nineties. It was well, such a golden all. era. I literally like, just said I miss. Yeah. The 90s. I know, but not. But I'm talking about like fifteen year olds. Yeah, like yeah. it's sort of that sense. Yeah. You know, but I'd be interested. Going, to see, oh, does anyone like listen to old music? And it's mm. like you know, Avril Lavigne. <laughs> I want to go back to the golden age of Tony Hawk. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I guess what would be the film of like now? Would it be like, wow, I love the simple time of. You know, everyone's reconnecting because we were also isolated. You know, yeah. like that sort of—I don't know, like that. I think there'll be like a romanticism of it afterwards, like of post-COVID yeah, in a way. Yeah, because there's that weird mm. thing of the TV shows that are happening now. Half of them are like, "Yep, let's acknowledge the pandemic because we're a show set in the real world," and the other half seem to be like, "No, we're here for escapism only. Mm. We do not talk about the coronavirus." Yeah, and sometimes it only works for like. Um, like we're speaking of Michael Sheen, it works um, with David Tennant in like stage. Yeah, mm. that's very very funny and also escapism that totally yes. works around. Well, that's the whole purpose is that they can't see each other because of of, of, of lockdown. Of, of lockdown. Yeah. Um. So I thought that's done well, but yeah, there are some where you're like, I don't want to. Or they do it for like a half an episode, and then they're like, Nah, that was no. But, but I prefer that than when you see TV shows going. All right, we're not going to explain why these two actors are in a scene in a park yet. Very one is sitting apart. by the slide and one's mm. on the other side of the park and they and, we and they're texting each other instead yeah. of talking and we can't and we can't explain why they're far away from each other in, like in yeah. the future historians are going to be like around about 2020 everyone got really into garlic bread <laughs> but their breath stank so everyone just but stood back i think it was like a like a british panel show where they actually oh my said God, yes. where they did but the whole jokes they were like we it. were told by the BBC, we can't talk about why we've got this giant desk and why can't no one why other. i can't touch yeah. what you've just touched and so all of their jokes are like oh sorry I've touched these prop box you can't have it why no particular no reason. reason we can't because <laughs> they thought they were, they were a date at doing all these yeah. COVID jokes which yeah. makes sense but also they're also it's a right. COVID setup it, in, you're, yeah. it's going to be this weird it'll oh, be interesting I think it will be yeah I mean you, you look at any you look at any way things are presented, like those panel shows and things like that. They are very, very disparate, regardless of if they're acknowledging COVID or not. And I mm. do wonder, will that continue into the future? Because it's not as though COVID started very suddenly, but it's not as though there's a switch that goes, COVID's off now, we're all good, everyone's yeah, fine at the same time. Very much not and that's switch. the thing, because yeah. like here in Perth, and I, I feel bad for maybe some of the podcast listeners here, um, Perth were like, oh, three-day lockdown, and we had to wear a mask for a, a week and a half, and we mm. went, oh, like that was our big oh, thing. But we've been we've been very lucky that incredibly lucky um, yeah. that here in WA and Australia and New Zealand, yeah. but especially in WA, we've, we've 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 been very lucky to have had so few interruptions. Yeah, and you can yeah. sort of forget, even though you don't. But like we scan in into every room that we go to for government um, yeah. things to know where we are, which is very. We, let's not think about it. It's one of those things where when you use social media, you shouldn't think about it. But if I yeah. think if you told other countries that hmm. we have an app that the government gave us yeah. that tells us wherever we enter, we have to scan the barcode so yeah. they can track us. Yeah. If you said that to someone like two years ago, yeah. everyone would, would go... Up in arms. They'd go, what the... But we're like, oh, no, it makes sense because then that way, you know, contact tracing. But um, it's it. we've been very lucky that um, other than those things, mm. you can sort of forget. And you sort of go back into normal, and you yeah. then you look at the rest of the world, and you're like, oh my god! And I guess it's very interesting because this film looks about 
is about being in the now and how mm. people romanticize the past. And mm. I think it's very interesting. Whether or not being, they have good reason to. Yeah, being in a yeah, and being in a period of time where like the twenties, the nineteen twenties, there was a lot of crap. That's why she was saying, What are you talking about? I'm it's from just, the twenties. Yeah, like it's, it's not just great. A bit mm. shit. She was a woman in that time would have been terrible. Like racism would have been like it's still bad now, but it was bad. Much, much worse. You know, the like medicine, like health, like mm. access for things. Like yeah. it wouldn't have been great. But it's also the opti- perfect. The optics are beautiful, but the mm. reality is not. Yeah, yeah, like you said, life that you're in is always going to be a bit unsatisfying. But that's yeah. it's so. That's I guess life. Yeah, so I guess it's just very interesting living in a sort of pandemic world while watching this film and going, "Oh, Paris! I wish mm. we could travel there mm. again." But also wanting to travel into our own past of, when that of that reminiscing time. If only we knew that we wouldn't be going and traveling as much as we were. Or yeah, you know, would we have done it more? Or yeah. Anyway, if you, if you if you can not mention COVID to not date this podcast. Oh no, that would be great. And that's why the that's, before times. That's why we have been saying the before times, and <laughs> yeah. at least we're not going like. Welcome to this podcast, international listeners. Uh, here we are all in the same room together. Let's, With no masks let's, and just hanging out. Let's breathe on each other and mm. we're sitting in this cafe. And Oh, what are you doing? Have you been in your apartment for two years? That's oh, so sucks for you. Oh, like, you know, we're not... We're not being dicks. No, um, no, that's unless fair. you use that specific bit Clip. out of context, yeah. which would make us rather seem like dicks. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Patreon's a thing. <laughs> Patreon. Uh, that was the longest plug for Patreon we've ever done. And yeah. of course, you can subscribe each and every week. Yeah. Uh, wow, but where? Uh, well, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, anywhere that you can get a podcast. <gasps> so many places. Indeed. But that is all for this week's episode. So until next time, bon voyage, everyone. A bientôt. Toodaloo! <laughs> I don't know French. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.